This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you bets. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The magnificent Monday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here with us on the BetQL Network. Uh, Matt Moore, our friend from the Action Network, is going to join us in just a moment, talking NBA. 20 minutes from now, the whale capper Drew Densick stops by from NBC Sports. We'll talk some NBA and some National Football League with Whale as the... Uh, it's dying for some more NFL draft markets to get posted. Uh, rumors coming hot and heavy as the scouting combine getting ready to start this week in Indianapolis. We got quarterbacks and wide receivers, like a top 10 picks projected, uh, deciding either to throw, run, or not throw, and not run. We'll sift through those coming up 40 minutes from now. We'll hit all the latest rumors in the National Football League ahead of the scouting combine and uh, try to get ahead of bets when these markets do indeed open. Power hour, final hour, 60 minutes from now. We'll give you all our best for tonight in the NBA, College Hoops, and the National Hockey League. And we'll talk some baseball with our friend Jake the Snake Hassan with spring training underway. And I know that because I got a text from like 10 texts this morning from a Yankee fan friends of mine about Juan Soto, who's on fire right now for our New York Yankees. So we'll find out what Jake likes right now in Major League Baseball. Bets that we might want to play. Some NL Central, Cody Bellinger uh, re-signing with the Cubs. So we'll do that coming up next hour on the show. But joining us right now to kick off hour number three, the fun and frivolity here on this Monday, is our good friend Matt Moore from the Action Network and the Buckets Podcast and NBA Betstream as well on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, welcome back to the show. Nick and Ken, what's up? How much, man? Excited for this stretch run. This is one of my favorite times of year, even though the, the basketball gets messy in March. I love tracking standings. I love looking forward to the playoffs, trying to figure out who's going to play who. It gives us a lot of advantages when we're looking at the futures market, trying to figure out who to bet, who to wait on. Uh, awards markets obviously coming down to the wire. It's going to be a great time to bet the NBA over this last 45 days or so. Yeah, and Matt, as, as kind of no fun as All-Star Weekend was, especially for for us, the the viewers, maybe not so much you, as we talked about last week, like being there, it was more fun. But as as not fun, as boring, as like lame as that was, just some like really fun games the last few days, like interesting yeah. teams, interesting matchups. Obviously, as you can imagine, we talked a lot about Golden State and Denver in the first hour of the show, their game yesterday, which to me kind of like 
just re-solidified, I guess would be the right way to put it. Jokic is the MVP favorite. The way people talk about him out of that game, like, okay, I, I can get to him being a favorite at this price now, like minus 140, minus 150. You've been a big SGA person all year. He's the secondary. He was great yesterday. Maybe not as many people watching, but still awesome as they they come from behind to beat Houston. And then, you know, Luca loses. He's third. It kind of goes to sends down from there. Any, like, updated thoughts here on NBA Most Valuable Player off of, honestly, like, a string of really strong performances by the top two candidates so this is honestly the the best way i have to look at it and this is not just based off of my own thought process this is off of conversations with a handful of voters now there's 100 voters in the nba so this is not like a comprehensive sample this is not a straw poll but uh, what, what i will tell you is if the thunder get the one seed which they are currently at in the market a plus 170 sga is going to win mvp like i'll tell you that right now if the thunder get the one seed i think that shea gillis alexander wins MVP, regardless of what happens the rest of the way. I do not think the Denver Nuggets are going to get the one seed because I do not think that they're going to put their foot down. I think they're going to play hard for about the next, oh, I don't know, 10 days or so, and then they're going to put it on cruise control. The Thunder are going to push it to the end, and I think that they have the best chance of getting the one seed. And if they're the one seed, I think SGA wins MVP. So what I will tell you is there is a there is an inequity in the market in that if the Thunder are plus 170 to make the one seed, SGA needs to be plus 170 to win MVP. Those two things are tied, and they're not, because there's a 250, 275 in the market for SGA. So by that very nature, I think that there's an inequity in the market. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Thunder get the one seed and Mark Dagonal wins coach of the year, and everyone says Shea will get it next year. Jokic is getting this one. Maybe. But Jokic's numbers don't necessarily add up the way that they, they usually do. He is not leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else in the advanced metrics. And so I do think that there's, and I will say this, there's just going to be a lot of folks looking for another guy to, to vote for. And is that ridiculous after what we went through last year? Absolutely. But it's going to happen again. So I still continue to believe I'm having a hard time here because I want to hedge my SGA position, which I am over leveraged on. And yet I keep coming back to when I look at the, at the entire field, I'm just like, no, the best value still is on Shea Gildas Alexander. Um, I want to play out a scenario with you, Matt, that Ken and I did last hour on the show. And that's if the Celtics have, like, they don't even need to win. They don't have to, like, win out. They, they win, like, 20 more games. They go, like, right. 65 and 17. Um, does Jason Tatum win MVP? Does Joe Mazzulla win Coach of the Year? Does Derek White or Drew Holiday win Defensive Player of the Year? Is it possible that a 65-win te team, if they win 65 games or more, gets nothing? Um, so I'll ask you, Matt. Like you said, the end, and the, the voters are looking for someone new. Could it be Tatum? If Dagnalt and Oklahoma City are the one seed, but Boston wins 67 games, is Missoula really not going to win Coach of the Year? So what about the Celtics hypotheticals here? Like, what happens if Boston does that? So I asked Ken, you know, what do you guys want to talk about today? And he gave me a list of topics, and this was on, among them. And so I started thinking about it, and I started looking at things. Uh, and right before we went on the air, and the, uh, I bet, I bet Joe Missoula to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, well, I guess that answers the question. <laughs> like that that's how this would work out. Look, there is a ceiling that Jason Tatum is not going to break where he's gonna it can't just be the wins. It just I understand like Draymond Green made this point. He's like, How is this guy not talked about more? Look at how good they are. It's not like they would be as good without Jason Tatum, even though the numbers are kind of like, Oh, they might be as good without Jason Tatum. The problem is just like there is a there is a ceiling a concrete right now ceiling on Jason Tatum that he's going to have to break through. Now he could have chiseled away at it 
by putting up the numbers that SGA and Jokic and Embiid before he got hurt and Luka Doncic have, but he doesn't. He doesn't have those numbers. He doesn't control the game like they do. He doesn't have the efficiency. He does, he, he's only averaging 27. He's not going to get into that tier. That No one's going to put him at that level, especially when we talk about no one is going to be like, who are the best players in the NBA? Like, just that's that's who you would want to go for here. It's like, well, he won a lot of games, and I care about the best player on the best team. No one's going to be like, oh, yeah, Tatum's up there with Jokic and Giannis and Luka and Embiid. No one's going to do that. And so if they're not going to do that, it can't be Tatum. But I think there will be pressure to reward the Celtics, to be like, are we really not going to do anything for these guys? Like, they've had – I looked at this up this morning. They're going to have the eighth-best SRS, and if you're wondering what that is – all it is is point differential versus strength of schedule. How tough was that? were the teams that you faced, and how much did you beat them by? They're going to have the eighth best mark in history right now. We're really not going to reward that with 65 wins. So I do think there's value on Joe Mazzula for coach of the year. I think it's a tough market. Um, I do think Dagonault's way ahead, and what Dagonault's done is better, but I do think there's value on Joe Mazzula for coach of the year. So, Matt, we came to almost the exact same conclusion. Like, Dagnall's going to win a lot of the time. And my argument was just like, who even has a path to win an argument against him? Right. Like, Finch maybe doesn't. Ty Lue probably doesn't anymore. No. Bickerstaff definitely doesn't. Nope. Like, who is it? Like, and the answer could be no one. The answer could be no one wins an argument against him. And if he wins the games, he just wins, and they're the one seed, and that's it. And I would totally buy that. But this guy can win the argument. Like, he can win the argument by just winning every game. Like that's, mm-hmm. And they can do it. They can win every game because they're so damn good. Do you do you buy the defense? Because like the defensive player of the year stuff is like really far-fetched. It's like a little galaxy yeah. brand. Gobert is like number one in defensive win shares. They're the best. Minnesota's the best defense in the league. These are things that very strongly predicts who wins defensive player of the year. Most people that talk about this award almost talk like it like it's almost done. But you talk to people kind of that vote and you talk to other people in the media that I don't talk to. I talk to people, honestly, like betters. And sometimes we're all kind of clueless about this stuff. Is Gobert, is this like a cinch or is there room for someone to come into the discussion? Could it be a Celtic or would it be somebody else? No, it's a cinch. Um, Even if we go past the historical markers, which is like, if you were a previous winner on the number one defense, you're going to win this thing. Like you're just going to win this thing. That's like, that's what history says. The, here's the bigger problem if you're talking about the people, the actual voters. Um, coaches get excited to tell you about how good Rudy Gobert is. Players are kind of like, yeah, you know, he's, he's good because he drives them nuts. But coaches love him. Like Eric Spolstra in December when I was kind of like, there's an opportunity here to fade Gobert. Spo went on like a, like a six-minute monologue about how good Rudy Gobert is and how he shapes the game defensively. And more than one voter I noticed like retweeted or commented on that post. And just like, that that's going to make a huge difference. If you're trying to find somebody that's going to win DPOI, it's going to have to be somebody who like really does the work on it. That's like in-depth, like, hey, I know Rudy's really great, but all those defenders are awesome. Like me personally, I don't think he's DPOI because I know how good the Wolves perimeter defenders are, but there should and there's is. And there's too much going for Gobert. It would be an immense immense upset if anyone else won this award even beyond what the number is in the market right now which does it like yes there's quote-unquote value right on rudy gobert but that doesn't mean you should bet it it's not worth betting it's just a dead market we 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 went over it there was an opportunity the wolves just kept their status and that's enough there's no argument against gobert that's going to be strong enough to drag him into the conversation with the people behind him 
You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Monday talking the NBA with our friend Matt Moore from the Action Network and the Buckets podcast on Twitter at HP Basketball. Matt, I am of the opinion that that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to go supernova down the stretch here. And the reason that I gave, and I've said this a couple times, and it sounds a little ridiculous, but I, I really do believe it. I believe that Shaquille O'Neal taking Damian Lillard to task on set of Inside the NBA and basically saying, you guys should not be this bad. You got to grab everybody by the collar and basically make them play better. Lillard's like, you know what? Like, you're right. Um, all they've done out of the break is beat, beat the Timberwolves and then thump the, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. So I want to get your thoughts on Milwaukee now coming out of the break. And then something I ran by Ken and then I, I bet during a break earlier in the show, six man seems like a very open market right now. And like Monk's the favorite, but I mean, he's not really that great. Not like a great candidate. I don't think Bobby Portis is 125 to one. What happens if Milwaukee wins like 57 games in the regular season? Could Portis ever win six man of the year? So your thoughts on Milwaukee and then am I nuts? For liking Bobby Portis at a huge price for six man of the year. Certifiably insane. So absolutely oh. bonkers, crazy, could not. So the problem is, is like the perception of the Bucks is that their big glaring weakness is their bench. And if you follow, if you have encountered any Bucks fan online, they will tell you that Bobby Portis has been a dumpster fire this year. Now, I'm from Arkansas, woo pig. So I love Bobby Portis and I will defend him to the death. But... Bobby does not have the reputation in order to be like, you have to have some level of like helped his team win. And so Bobby even putting up numbers for a really good team. And that's usually been like kind of the, the model for six man is like, were you a really high scoring guy off the bench for a team that won a bunch of games? Um, so I, I get from that perspective, but there will be, I think a, a drag against him based off of how bad the Bucks bench has been. I think we've started to see it, uh, advanced metrics worm their way into this award. I think we started seeing it last year with Brogdon. Um, I think Malik Monk probably grades out the best there, which is one of the reasons I think he's taking money, and that's why I think he's moved to the favorite. As far as the Bucks go, if you're of the belief they're going to go on a supernova run, you get plus 120 for them to overtake the Cavaliers for the division. That's probably the best way to bet it. And the reason I say that is they're not going to catch the Celtics for a one seed, so even on a long shot, like Boston's not slowing down. They are a machine. The problem here is like, okay, but we've got like long-term. We can play like conference. This is the issue with Doc Rivers is if they had replaced Adrian Griffin with almost anyone else, I am probably buying Bucks futures now. But they chose the one coach that I'm like, do I really want to get to a second round versus insert whoever, a red hot Sixers team with Embiid back or a Knicks team or the Heat who do what they do every friggin' year. Do I want to be in that spot and be like, yeah, I've got a big position on Doc Rivers. No, no, I do not. And so I'm kind of frozen here I'm of, I, I look at it more you. like you have a position on Giannis and Lillard, but I understand. Sure, sure. <laughs> but this is the thing: is like, is like on some level we've shown, we've seen that good coaching can neutralize Giannis, and we've seen good coaching neutralize Dame. And you need what, what about what about what about what about when the mega powers collide, though? What about Bobby? Porter? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's enough, right? The preseason numbers were there. Maybe if we just and we just look back at preseason, it's a pretty good indicator. But I have enough concerns, especially with the defensive side and with that bench, quite honestly, um, that I don't – I'm going to play it pl series by series and take that approach with it rather than getting a futures play on it. I do think there's value in the Bucks to win the division at plus 120. Matt, I, I want to ask you something in like 10 seconds hard out here because we want to get a pick from tonight too. What is the percentage chance from the people you talk to? What is the percentage chance that Tyrese Maxey wins most improved player in like 10 seconds? I think it's higher than the market expects. I think it's probably like 85 to 90%. I think the market is mostly just taking money on guesswork. And I think that he's probably still got it locked up based off of what he's accomplished this year already. 
Uh, and Mike Brown getting everything put on the screen really quickly. Maxi minus 270 right now to win at Bet MGM. Uh, Matt, about 15 seconds here. What's your favorite bet on a slow night in the NBA on this Monday? Zombie Heat plus six and a half. They're without Jimmy Butler. They're without Josh Richardson. Don't care. This is the spot. Kings in a letdown spot after a big win versus the Clippers. Kings have not been great at home. They're not good versus teams under 500, which is what the Heat are without Jimmy Butler and all these guys out. So I'll take the zombie Heat to keep it within the number of six and a half versus the Kings on the road. <laughs> Gotta tell you, this is like a good zombie Heat spot with the Miami. Like everyone's yeah, either suspended or hurt. Yeah, this is like a good zombie heat spot. Matt, we appreciate it, brother. Great job, as always, at HP Basketball on Twitter, ActionNetwork.com and the app, the Buckets Podcast, NBA Bet Stream. Stay well. Good luck with the bets. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Our pal Matt Moore joining us here on You Better, You Bet. I don't like that he kind of crapped all over my Bobby Porter six-man case, but otherwise oh, it was okay. awesome. It totally I'm right. you need people and, to do that. And listen, yeah. and he might be right. Uh, the whale capper Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports joins Nick and Ken coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Now a mismatch. Shea came on the backside and knocked it away. Shea spinning, bouncing off the defenders on the left side and banks it home. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. I, what, I don't know what we just played coming back from breaks. A Valley Sports SGA. something. Well, SGA, because uh, cause Will told us something during the break that got me really excited, and that's where my head was at for, <laughs> yeah, for a couple seconds. Right <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, our friend Drew Densick from NBC Sports will join us here in just a second. 20 minutes from now, Ken and I will get back to the National Football League. We'll talk a lot of the rumors as we approach the NFL scouting combine in Indianapolis ahead of April's NFL Draft. We're like two months away from the NFL Draft, one of our favorite betting events on the uh, on the sports calendar, so can't wait for that. We'll get you started here uh, in the thought process of the NFL Draft coming up in 20 minutes. Power Hour Final Hour will feature all our bets for tonight, NBA, College Hoops, and the National Hockey League, and we'll talk some baseball as well with our friend Jake the Snake, Hassan. But joining us right now, another one of our friends. We have a lot of friends here on the show. We're popular people. We're nice people. Uh, the, we're the best people. Uh, the whale capper, Drew Densick from NBC Sports and the Deep Dive Podcast joins us now here on a Monday on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Whale, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Oh, tremendously well. And I love that you use the SGA bumper music because uh, that's where my head is at, man. I need the Thunder to keep winning and keep kicking butt. And I need SGA to uh, to run down Jokic in this market because uh, I got to tell you, man, uh, there are very few places you can get big time liquidity in the uh, awards pools. Um, and there's been somebody on the other side of me every click of the way uh, who is just sure that Jokic should be the runaway favorite in this market and keeps giving me a bettable price for SGA. And uh, we are now kind of, what do you call it? Uh, I'm, I'm digging a trench. I'm, I'm, in, I'm being in, I'm in, I'm the, I'm in the, uh, uh, I'm in the, the bunker in the trench for the thunder and SGA in this, in this uh, market now. And, um, you know, I think uh, in general, uh it's good to be a, a Thunderbolt. Okay. That's, that's what I was, I was going to say. So it was a lot to unpack there. Uh, I, the place that you're mentioning that like takes limits, like doesn't put it up every time and they allow reclicks and it kind of moves back and forth. <laughs> Even the domestics though, whale, like, and it's, it, the limits are smaller, like depending on the kind of account you have, but like, even there, 
like Jokic, like it's like goes to plus one Oh five. Nope. Like 20 cents back down again. Like it just, it's like somebody's yeah. got the alert set up <laughs> where it's like, no, no, yeah. no. Like every time he goes to, it's like, Matumba, no, no, no. Every time he goes to plus, <laughs> um, like I have to play it back the other way. We had a, uh, we had Matt Moore on last segment and, and the way he framed it well. And I'm curious if you agree with this, where he basically was like, you know, I think he framed it as, look, he's plugged in with some people who vote. He, he is in the media. He talks to a lot of other people in the media. And his kind of thing is, if the Thunder get the one, I think he's been told, but my, my, this is me guessing based on his answer. If the Thunder get the one, he's had a lot of people tell him they're voting SGA if the Thunder get the one, that SGA will win MVP if that happens. He made like a pretty declarative statement like that. Is that is that part of the reason why you like SGA so much or are you taking like a different approach here? What, without question, and it's it's that specific lane, <laughs> honestly. Like, I, I, I just see, you know, the it, the path looks clear for them. I, and I, I don't know, there's so many ways we could take this, but, um, uh, you know, congratulations to uh, to Jokic for, you know, tripling, triple doubles left and right. He obviously looks like he is playing with a renewed sense of enthusiasm. Like he is, you know, he's plugged into this race. He wants to win the award back after what happened last year, apparently, uh, because he is really, uh, you know, pushing hard. And the Nuggets in general have elevated their quality of play coming out of the break relative to on the way in. Um, on the way in, they were really, really stumbling and struggling and looked like they just kind of didn't really care as much about the regular season, which would make sense if you have just won a championship. Um, and so I kind of figured, man, this Nuggets team is is destined to, kind of you know land pretty hard with the the four seed uh and you know somebody's gonna you know pretty clearly uh you know kind of make their move here and the thunder seemed like the most likely candidate with their schedule and uh just in general with you know a young team doesn't really know that they need to save up for the postseason they're firing all their bullets here in the regular season trying to get the one seed you know they're young they're not they're less susceptible to fatigue they're healthy as they've ever been uh and uh you know adding new pieces and you know so that basically just everything to me was pointing arrow up for OKC continuing to get, you know, to win, to play winning basketball. Um, their game against uh, the Clippers uh, on Thursday coming out of the all-star break was just awesome. Like particularly in the second half, the adjustments they made, the, you know, the intensity that they were playing with, everything was basically, uh, you know, kind of suggesting this team is for real and they're going to continue to play winning basketball. And, um, you know, SGA's efficiency right now is lapping Jokic's uh, over the balance of the season. Um, and he's for real. And, uh, you know, I, I think ultimately, um, you know, there's going to be a time when Denver kind of goes back through a lull uh, and or Jokic takes a little bit of a step back and lets some of the teammates do a little bit of the heavy lifting for a portion of time while he kind of puts himself in, you know, playoff prep mode. Um, and uh, I think that's when you're going to see this flip because right now, like just on every possible case you can make, like there's just not any anything, any data from this season that tells you that, you know, Jokic is more deserving of the MVP right now. Like SGA's got him beat uh, substantially in EPM uh, and just in general, like, uh, you know, statistical performances uh, are are in his favor across basically every uh, way to measure that I can see. So, uh, yeah, I think this is uh, I think this is going to be sort of the the race to follow the most closely across the NBA awards. And, uh, you know, I don't want to entirely rule out the chances that Luca gets back into the mix, but they got a lot. They got a lot of ground to make up in terms of win loss. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't, am not entirely ruling out Giannis's case because his statistical profile is pretty impressive. But 
Um, they got to shake that stink of, you know, kind of underperforming to this point in the season. So uh, to me, it looks like a two horse field and I think they should be a lot closer to uh, the same price. And uh, you know, at this point I've, I've gotten enough down where uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty committed to this one right now. So interesting, right? Our two guests on the show today both feel pretty strongly about SGA winning MVP if the Thunder do get the one seed in the Western Conference. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a Monday. Our guest right now, the whale capper Drew Densick from NBC Sports and the Deep Dive Podcast on Twitter at whale underscore capper. Well, I want to make sure we do some NFL drafts with you in a second because you got us really excited when we're coming back from break that you're starting to think about this stuff a little bit, right? <laughs> Combine coming up this week in Indianapolis. So let me just lob one up to you here. Yeah. Last NBA betting thought here from you. Could be an award market that you like, something else you like. Could be a thought on a team coming out of the break, a bet that you like for tonight. Give us something else that you're hot on right now in the NBA, and then maybe we can do a little National Football League at the end. Okay, this goes back to the trade deadline, and it really still hasn't been correctly adjusted for by market, and it's the Brooklyn Nets offense is broken. Um, I, I'm kind of in shock that their team total tonight against uh, a Grizzlies team that will have JJJ available is 108 and a half. Uh, they just don't have any creators. Uh, they don't. They don't have a ton uh, going right now in terms of just pace or any to anything to suggest that this is going to be any kind of a higher scoring game. I know at 214, you're starting to see the totals reflect more of the reality of what's going on with the Nets right now. But uh, in this particular spot, uh, Nets team total under 108 and a half is, uh, is a pretty solid bet in my opinion. I saw some stat cause I, I think, uh, we've talked about this on the show whale we had noops on he brought it up like the i feel like i've been so focused on the hawks ats record this season and like how miserable they've been <laughs> that like yeah. the nets should be happy that the hawks exist because the nets have like <laughs> skated by here that they like never cover a number never do anything how about uh, last week we bet them in the kevin ollie game against toronto and they lost yeah. by like 15 and everyone <laughs> covers in that spot after firing the coach non-competitive <laughs> they got a new coach and the team was like nah we're good like we're gonna be on this one. Yeah, for people who haven't seen that market. Yeah. Like it so I mean you brought up that team total. Can you can you believe that they're favorite? Like if you got the Grizzlies? No, I can't. I can't. Uh I mean the Grizzlies have their own problems, but uh, they at least are playing hard. <laughs> like well, who's the I, coach? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. I, I mean, Grizzlies, surely. Um, but yeah, no. The 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 Brooklyn Nets. Uh, yeah, this this team. I I don't, I don't know. Just since since the trade deadline and with the current roster that they've got, like I just don't know what the answer. Like it's it's more than just an effort thing. It's more than just hey, we like our coach. We didn't like our old coach. I mean, they they I I just don't see the answers. Uh, and so yeah, good luck to them. All right, so we hit the NBA. Well, talking about the Brooklyn Nets, I think they're absolutely terrible. I can't believe their favorite tonight on the road of the Memphis Grizzlies. Ken and I will talk about that in the power hour, the final hour of the show. So, well, we are starting to see now some NFL draft markets opening up. And obviously, we're still two months out. The scouting combine hasn't even happened yet. Free agency hasn't happened yet. So we will see a more robust offering in the weeks and months to come here as we approach the NFL draft. But as you start to get your ducks in a row a little bit here and start conceptualizing how this is going to play out, and I know, like, yeah. you have a network of people that you talk to, Ken does, I do. Like, we all, like, share information, try and, like, make bets that we can win. Is there is there anything that you're thinking about right now as we approach the NFL draft? Even if there's not a market for this thing that, that you're thinking about open, that's okay. But give us something that you're a little hot on right now as it concerns the NFL draft. Um. Well, the obvious 
top top of the draft is really where you have to focus considering how little information there is so far this is an information marketplace this is not a this is not this is a very different type of betting than 99 percent of what we talk about um which makes it fun uh and uh first overall pick is pretty much cooked now that caleb williams is going to the bears which means the bears are probably trading Jay, you know uh, pr- probably tr- uh trading justin Fields. well can i can um, i can i interject yeah. just to ask you this question um yeah. peter king who like retired today from from writing sure. columns for nbc um kind of like lobbed one out there like lobbed a grenade in in his final column and, and basically said like i i'm kind of thinking that the bears are going to trade this pick and maybe keep mm-hmm. justin Fields. i'm not saying that's going to happen did that give you any pause i think a lot of people kind of agree with you that honestly it makes no sense for them to keep fields like get a new rookie and reset like the rookie the rookie contract right for for a quarterback um did that kind of give you any pause with that thought that chicago is definitely taking caleb williams and then please continue with your answer well yeah i mean like the the bears should be telling everyone who has a column that's widely read that they're interested in everything right like they should be they should be because they like realistically you want to know what the value of this pick is even if it's just swapping one and two and you're going to take it that you you think you maybe you think that the margin between williams and may is is narrow and you know you're like okay well you know maybe we can get you know the entire future portfolio of the commanders and you know and and still get a guy that we think is just as good uh maybe they want to flip down a couple times like they 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 were the beneficiaries of the most you know of, of the trade last year to a degree that I don't think anyone thought was possible where they now are sitting here uh with the first overall pick and a player who potentially could um you know net them compensation and fields now I think they're probably asking too much for all this stuff cuz they you know they got that uh uh the the bravado that comes along with the you know killing it uh with last year's trade move so um you know they probably aren't going to get the offers they think they're going to get for fields uh and they probably are going to just stick there and take Williams, in my opinion. Um, there are people who kind of more plugged in and more in the know about the Bears in Chicago. And, you know, in particular, the um, a little bit of a sea change in terms of power as far as, you know, president of football uh, being more involved. And um, at least people that are close to him have, have indicated pretty strongly that they're moving on and it's going to be Caleb. So uh, I would be uh, sincerely surprised if the Bears don't take Williams first overall uh, at this point. And, um, and I think uh, him going, you know, you're, you're not even really betting on that. You, you know, Williams is the first overall pick is, is what you're betting on. So even if somebody does come in with the Godfather offer, like he's still going there. You know, he's still, it's still going to be Williams, not any of these other guys, as far as I can tell you. So, um, you know, the, the draft starts at two. And I think uh, if you kind of operate under the idea that the Bears are going to ask too much for that pick and the commanders ultimately are going to stick with number two, uh, then, you know, people are going to be hanging on every word uh for the branch you know that 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 hive uh you know the commanders um uh you know brass who are in indianapolis for the combine like they're going to be the most important people to listen to uh their their sound bites read their quotes uh and get whatever intel you can on who they are tipping between uh, uh drake may and uh and presumably Jaden daniels um and uh once you kind of get that nailed down that's a pretty decent market right now uh, and then uh, third overall, Patriots is presumably the other one of those players. I think macro-wise, I look at the draft and I see a lot of round one offensive players. I think you're probably looking at 19 or 20 even uh, out of the 32 first-round picks being offensive players. The quarterback uh, pool obviously has been well-covered and is very deep. The wide receiver pool is very deep. The offensive lineman pool is very deep. So you have 
you know, kind of a lot of opportunities to fill premier positions across your offense, you know, deep into round one of the draft. So uh, excited to see what kind of market goes up ultimately for, um, you know, positions, right? Like offense versus defense type of number. Like if they hang a 19 and a half or something like that, like that for offense, I would, I would be pretty excited. And I would take some offensive position bets there. Cause I think this is just pretty tilted uh, first round in my opinion, at least uh, with quarterbacks, wide receivers and offensive linemen. Can we just uh can we like get there already? That's it's, it's, it's the best. Really it really is. Yeah, it's, it's it's really. And and I mean, just think about this. Like the combine hasn't even really started yet. Like the the flood of information and rumors that are be gonna, gonna be coming out of Indianapolis, it's gonna be it's gonna be the best. Uh Drew Densick's the best. And we always appreciate his time with us here on the show. We had his uh his podcast partner at NBC, Jay Croucher was on the show with us last week. Their show, Bet the Edge, is fantastic. We urge people to check it out. Whale also does a podcast with our friend Andy Molitor called The Deep Dive. Uh that's awesome and people should check it out. I think a lot of our listeners also check out the deep dive. Whale is on Twitter at whale underscore capper. My friend, we appreciate you. Good luck with your bet. Stay well. Um, going on like a sick vacation coming up or just got back from one. What a jerk. Just like get the hell out of here, man. Enjoy and we'll talk soon. Hey, the off season is the best. Best of luck, guys. Uh, and appreciate you as always. Yeah, the great Drew Densick joining us here on the show. Um, yeah, that was, I thought his answer was great about Peter King saying, oh, well, maybe the sure. Bears are going to trade. And he's like, yeah, like if, if you're the Bears, of course you want that out there. We're open for business. Yeah, what do you guys he's got? Right. You got anything good? I, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I thought that was a great answer from Drew, and he's 100% sure. right. On hey, the other side, true? Ken and him, well, we'll see. Uh, Ken and I will talk more National Football League. Get you set to bet the NFL draft. We know we're two months away, but never too early. That's coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Caleb Williams in the pocket. Williams surveying. Williams is going to keep scrambling. Now try to run for it, and he'll get there. Touchdown. Williams gets away. Caleb Williams across his body and caught. They say touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Oh, baby. Football. ESPN with the call. Caleb Williams, the presumptive number one overall pick in the draft. The betting market says so. A massive favorite to go number one overall. Will it be to the Chicago Bears? Will it be to another team? We're not sure about that yet, but one thing looks like it's not certain, certain, but probable is that Caleb Williams will be the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. We'll talk some NFL draft and the latest rumors in the NFL in a moment. But want to remind our listeners and viewers, this is our final segment for the day on Stadium. So if you're watching us on Stadium, thank you very much. Head on over to Twitch, twitch.tv backslash betql for the final hour, the power hour of the show, where we'll give you all our bets for tonight in the NBA, college hoops, and the National Hockey League. We'll talk some baseball with our friend Jake the Snake Hassan, perhaps a little whatever you prefer as well. And also, like, I binged almost the entire sixth season of Drive to Survive this weekend, and, like, I'm dying to talk about it. So we need, I need Ken to watch some of the shows okay. and talk about it on the I'll air. I'll try to catch and, uh, up. The first, I'll try to the first race is coming up this weekend in Bahrain. Spoiler oh. alert, Max Verstappen's going to win. So oh, by rain. maybe there'll oh. be some, some, some other fun, uh, some other fun bets to place potentially here. So um, I've got a bunch of NFL notes here, Ken, as far as yeah. the scouting combine is concerned, just like in general, is there anything specific that you would like to, uh, you would like to hit or something that's tickling your fancy right now? When we talk about the NFL draft, getting set to bet it at the end of April. What? 
we did this segment uh like last week and you i feel like you not rushed but like you very quickly went through a couple things just like oh by the way i'm hearing this and this and then i think we actually like never even went back to talk about like the things that we talked about early in the show and the wide receivers and we just did this off air with whale too where we like talked to him a little bit about the nfl draft i don't know like how much you want to say on the air or like how much you want to couch it by like saying like all these kind of things beforehand but i i thought like the two like presumably the two best wide receivers in the draft i thought you were that was something i was interested in that you said that maybe people wouldn't know so i'll give you two things right now maybe the two things that i feel best about at this moment and I will couch this, and people are like, oh, what is this? You know, okay. We're two months out. <laughs> Those words. And, <laughs> yes, and, and yes, look, I, I will say this because I worked in the league for a decade. This is lying season in the National Football League. So, like coaches and GMs, there's a lot of lying that goes on. People, including me, people a lot smarter than me, a lot more plugged in than me, have gotten fooled in the past. So, I always want to be careful that if I say stuff, I don't want this to be treated as gospel. I am not trying to report anything. Like, this is not like a couple years ago on draft night where I said on the air, like, I know 100% Trey Lance is going to be the third overall pick of the 49ers. Like, I I knew that that, I was told by someone it was indisputable. Like, this is going to happen. And I said as much on the air. Like, we have to bet as much on Trey Lance as we can right now. It yeah. turned out he was, yeah, he was the third pick. Yeah, and, and, and it was really awesome. So this is not that. This is just, hey, there's some smoke right now. And maybe it's possible that in five days' time, when the scouting combine is kind of like everyone's leaving Indianapolis at the end of the weekend, that maybe we feel completely differently about these two things. Or maybe there will be some fire attached to the smoke. So this is just kind of like we're very early in the process. I've heard a lot of different things, but a couple things that I feel decent about right now. Number one would be, and I think a lot of people are saying this also, so this is not like film at 11 here, uh, 100% of the people that I have asked, 100%, J.J. McCarthy is going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. So I think it's time, like, people can, you could have watched him at Michigan and said, I think he stinks, or he's a game manager, whatever. Like, the NFL loves me. him. Yeah. Well, but, like, but like you're not you're far from the only person, again, to your credit, that thinks that, that watched McCarthy and said, how could this guy be a top 10 pick? Like, the NFL really likes him. So... Like, he could not even go in the first round. This is not me guaranteeing he's going to be a top 10 pick. Just that right now, this is what a lot of people are saying. And the other thing would be, I think the a lot of people have thought for a long time, for a couple of years now, right, that Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State was definitely going to be the first wide receiver off the board in whatever draft he entered, right? Maybe he would be the first overall pick in the right draft, right, where there wasn't a Caleb Williams, like a generational quarterback prospect. Um, there is some smoke that um, that some teams might prefer Malik Neighbors from LSU to Marvin Harrison. I've heard that from a couple different people, that they like Neighbors better than Harrison, that, that, that this may be a thing. So it, not definitely— like Harrison could definitely be the first receiver off the board. So I just want to make sure that I'm careful with the way that I say this here. But just two things that I found to be pretty interesting, Ken. I think those are the two like most interesting things that I have right now. I have a sure. couple other notes that I think are probably more conjecture than anything else. And it's really fun to talk about and might turn out to be true. I think those are the two things that I feel the best about at this exact moment in time right now. Sure. And I, I found both of those interesting, like just... I didn't. I don't watch as much college football as I used to, but like hearing that about neighbors versus Harrison, neighbors went to LSU. Like for people who just like didn't watch college football, and I'm I'm sort of halfway. Like I, I watched some of it, and I didn't watch as much as a lot of people. But I think the the reputation of Marvin Harrison Jr. is like, well, yeah. And even if you see 
like a couple places like market for a second overall pick, third overall pick, like the credit that he gets versus like neighbors almost like unlisted to be these picks speaks to that, like how he's thought of going in. So I think that I just think that's interesting, like a starting point of, hey, they might not be like the same, like Marvin Harrison's 15 to one at MGM to be the second overall pick. I wonder if neighbors is even listed to be the second overall because he's not going to be. Um, so just like the way people think about it, a question I wanted to ask you, and I want to hear all the fun, like the conjecture fun stuff too. We could do it in the next segment even, but I wanted to ask you just cause like you, like, you know, the calendar of the league and how this, and when we know stuff uh, and when we find out things and therefore like how the markets move when we find out stuff applies, I think, to something that Whale said, too. Like he said, the draft starts at two. but And hit the point being like, we don't know. We feel re- pretty confident who the first overall pick is going to be, Caleb Williams. But we don't have a lot of confidence who the second overall pick is going to be, e- even assuming that Washington makes that pick. Do you think because of because it's the Bears picking one and there's like a chance this could get a little screwy? Like, do you think the second overall pick is likely, again, pencil, not pen, is it likely to be more of a down-to-the-wire thing with, like, Drake May and Jaden Daniels and some of the other players involved, maybe just those two quarterbacks? Or do you think because, like, if Caleb gets locked in really fast, we could find out way in advance, maybe, who the number two overall pick? Like, how, how do you think that whole thing is going to play out? I guess I, I would kind of we're kind of like dealing with incomplete info. I give you my of best course. guess because because right. I don't know how Washington's going to play this. And look, like everyone, it's an open secret. Washington wants Caleb Williams. Like they they yeah. they basically came in at the eleventh hour and like stole Cliff Kingsbury from the Raiders. Caleb Williams is from D.C. There is, for what it's worth. There is buzz, and this won't impact like the first overall pick in the draft market because in this scenario, Caleb Williams would be the first pick in the draft. Um, that like Caleb Williams like does not want to play in Chicago. I know Colin Cowherd said that on his show, and people were like, "Oh, well, what the hell does he like?" That's like this like could actually be a thing. Now look, maybe the Bears say, "Screw it, like we're taking you, and that's it, and like you're going to play for us right. or not." I I don't know how it's going to go, but it's possible that Washington trades up to one. And, and Washington takes Caleb Williams. And this was what kind of Peter King floated in his uh, farewell column uh, for NBC Sports today is that maybe Chicago trades down to two and then trades down again from there to another team that wants to go up and get a quarterback, in which case they would keep Justin Fields. My sense is, Ken, that we will know just with the way the calendar shakes up. Right. I but what about we'll with Fields? Because well, Fields is the first domino, right? That's, that's the first exactly domino where I'm going. Yeah. That's exactly right. where I'm going. My sense is, is that we will know in the next two weeks what Chicago's doing. Okay. Um, I think a decision will come on fields at some point. Because, like, if you're Chicago, you actually, like, you can't drag this out. Like, you have, like, they have to make a decision at some point in the near future here. And it's either, like, trade fields, and by trading fields, you are basically announcing, um, like, Caleb Williams is our pick. And then Washington basically is on the clock with the second overall pick. And as Whale said, the draft starts there. If they don't trade Justin Fields, then it's, we're open for business. I think we'll know in like two weeks what Chicago is going to do. I just think it lines up. I don't think they can, I don't think they can kind of like extend this too much further than that. Because we're going to get into like free agency here. Right. Is there a, is there, it doesn't have to be like a date, like on March 8th, I'm going to be nervous or whatever. Like, Will it be that we hear a lot of reporting that they're going to keep fields or in your brain? Is it like, well, if they don't do something in a pretty open time period, say in the next two weeks, the next three weeks that like you're going to think they're keeping Justin Fields? Like, how is that? How is that going to work? Like, what are like, are there dates involved there? Like, how does this stuff normally go? Uh, I will I will say that let's say um, by the time the NCAA tournament starts, 
Okay. If Justin Fields is still on the St. Patrick's Day Justin, selection Sunday. Right. If Fields is still on the Bears roster, I think that he will that he'll be the Bears quarterback in week one. I don't want like to clip this off and like have this be like a social video. I could right. be wrong about this. You're guessing. So I'm asking like you to I'm, guess. I'm not, I'm not yeah. making a declarative statement here. I think that if he's still on the Bears roster in three to four weeks from now, I think that that will be signal that he is their quarterback okay. next year. And then, like I'm trying to think about like, just again, like betting. Like that also doesn't mean Caleb Williams isn't going to be the first pick. It means they're probably going to trade and somebody else, like Washington's going to pick Caleb Williams or somebody else is going to pick Caleb. So like there isn't a way to bet that. But my guess is the longer this goes, look like sports books not only like to open markets because they want to take bets because that's how they make money. They also like to open markets because then every media outlet and reporter is like, hey, did you see that market on who da 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 da? Like it's free publicity. I would imagine the longer this goes, and this market may exist already, like a market on who who picks first, or like who picks Caleb Williams. Those are two different markets, obviously, but like probably close to the same thing. Like who who does like that's a different. That would be a way to to like kind of uh, point out or address like some of the the conclusions that you're drawing there. Like if we get three weeks down the road, maybe they're not the ones who pick them, as opposed to number one overall pick, which is like it's hard to talk yourself into some crazy scenario where it's not Caleb Williams. And, and obviously he's a really big favorite right now. Yeah. Um, the other, there are two other notes that I think are a little interesting and it's two teams that would like to trade up to take a quarterback. One, my New York football giants and two right. would be the Atlanta Falcons. I want to talk about the giants first when that moron Dave Gettleman was the GM of the Giants. I was like, which moron are we going for here? <laughs> no, everyone knew every year what they were doing because he's a clown and there were leaks out of the building every single year. So like, nothing was ever a surprise with the Giants. Um, thus far with Joe Shane as the general manager, uh, they effectively smokescreen everyone every year. So anyone that's reporting anything about the Giants, like the Giants are going to do this, I think is like, I think is being fed incorrect information. I just want to say that about my team. Uh, I tend to believe the smoke about the Atlanta Falcons wanting to trade up, or at very least, like, standing pat at eight and maybe taking J.J. McCarthy, whoever the quarterback, uh, the last quarterback is of the four, the four main ones with McCarthy, Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and the aforementioned Caleb Williams. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL for the final hour of the power hour of the show. Some more National Football League, Major League Baseball with Jake, and all our bets for tonight coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 